up the slot. Miller lost it. Dodonov gets it. Two on one with Stone on the right. Stone to Dodonov. He scores. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the how is uh today out there with the hole in the bubble in the dome somebody left the dome open we had clouds we had rain i don't know what's happened uh, around the las vegas valley but it was different sometimes that does happen sometimes it rains sometimes it gets wet Darren, come on. Wasn't happy you know about this. it. I wasn't happy. There was a chill in the air. It uh, barely it, it, rained. It, it felt fall-like, even though it's it's winter-like. It, it uh, is fall. Ooh, uh, uh, Derek Englund's going to uh, join us in just a little bit, uh, chat about what uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have going. And uh, and he's seen uh, this team battle through the first 20, 22 games. And now we appear to be trying to, or on the verge of turning a page and being that team, that squad that we saw at the start of the year that we expected and uh, the team that we were predicting would have a cushion for first place. Now they got to make up uh, some points, but uh, is, is first place out of the realm of possibility by Christmas. You have nine Mm. games in (laughs) the next 16 days. Like Christmas seems like it's close, but there's 18 points available kind of over the holiday to the holidays. Yeah. It might be doable, you know. So I, I think that that's an interesting thought. And and I certainly think that if the Golden Knights are looking more and more like the team we saw over the last two games, uh, the game against Arizona, the game against Calgary, then I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Now you're going to need some other teams to to fall off or, or kind of have their play falter a bit. But you know, the Golden Knights, all they can do is control themselves. And if you're looking at 18 possible points, uh, I don't think that the way they played over the last two games, 15, 14, 15 is out of the question. No, and, and you, you're just going to hopefully add a couple of players yeah. back in. Uh, don't don't know much about uh, Alec Martinez just yet, other than we've heard references uh, by players that he's uh, around the group right now. Nolan Patrick's been back out there a last couple of skates yeah. uh, with the red uh, sweater, the non-contact sweater. Uh, so he is getting closer. I think that's a that's an amazing sign. Uh, but when you look at where they are in the standings, first wild card, you've got the 28 points. Right in front of you is Anaheim, who continue to to stay in that mix, yep. which is impressive. Like this season is already a success for the Anaheim Ducks. You're three back uh, of a top three spot. You're four back of Edmonton, and that's the the head-to-head games Mm -hmm. right there. The the two victories by Edmonton gives them that four-point cushion. And when it comes to first place, where everybody expected the Golden Knights to be, uh, you are talking seven points in the rear of the Calgary Flames with that key victory against the Flames. So seven back with 18 points available. It's not... I, I, I see a path there. Now, you've got a good road trip. 
coming up mm-hmm. yeah. where it's going to challenge you. Those, those four games uh, through the Metro next week, that's going to be difficult. But the way this team played the last two games, and more specifically, the Sunday night game against Calgary, yep. there's, there's great optimism in my eyes. Tomorrow, difficult. Dallas. Yeah. Friday, I don't know what you're going to get against the Philadelphia Flyers. I was talking with Derek Englund at the office today. We yeah. were kind of going through, like, oh, what do you see? We're, we're sizing up opponents because we're, we're looking at our assignments uh, when, when he's going to be with us on the, on the TV set. Mm-hmm. And we can D- – Dallas, difficult out right now. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie Benton scoring again. Uh, they're, they're getting uh, goals from all over their, their, their top six. And then you've got on, on Sunday night the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Tough out playing as as good as we've seen the Minnesota Wild play in their franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As exciting and then also producing points. A team that's uh that's first place in, in the Central Division. And it right in between Philadelphia where like flip a coin. Why well, as as far as the Philadelphia game goes, like that one's going to be kind of an intriguing one because for uh an organization that's in turmoil right now, an organization that's trying to figure out what direction to go with a, a new head coach. If, if you're going beyond just Mike, yo, uh, how the players respond, it, it's going to be key. And you're, you're expecting that at some point here, there will be, you know, a, a flip for the Philadelphia Flyers. They're going to start playing better. It'll be interesting to see how the Golden Knights approach that game, but you're absolutely right. I mean, Dallas, 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, just absolutely on fire, getting solid goaltending. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch, but I do think that you know, as, as we've seen the blueprint for how the Golden Knights need to play, specifically how they played against Calgary, I, I do look at tomorrow's game as another opportunity to kind of sharpen that axe, to, to get themselves into that puck possession style of game and really try to wear down an opponent that's been playing well. And I think if the Golden Knights do that against Dallas, if they're able to go into the game tomorrow and get two points out of that Dallas team that has been so red hot, then all of a sudden, because of the players coming back in the lineup, because of the way the last couple of games have gone, uh, this might be a team that's got a lot of swagger and confidence and, and, and feels like no matter what, no matter how they, they go into a game, they should have the expectation of winning and taking those two points. And and that combination of confidence and, and swagger for the Golden Knights has always led to a long run of wins. I'm going to give you the next seven games. Go for it. Three at home. Dallas, Philadelphia, and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then you're on the road next week to Boston, Jersey, Rangers, and Islanders. The Islanders game? To let you know, to plan accordingly, is a Sunday morning tilt. 10 a.m. pregame show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, buddy. 10 a.m. pregame show. I'm excited. Uh, I've never done a pregame show in the morning before. Never? Never. Really? No, I haven't lived. uh, That's a good point. No, you're right. Um, I haven't lived in the Pacific time zone for very long. And last year, we didn't (laughs) play outside of the Pacific time zone. I really have one... One go around to go on it, uh, and and I've never done it. So that'll be that'll be kind of kind of cool. It goes back uh, when I hosted the Olympics. It was yeah. uh, I, I did the morning, uh, which was evenings, uh, it, the the primetime show sure. in in London. But you had uh, the morning show here, and that was different. Getting up and being able to get your like things going. Usually, you mm-hmm. get 
your your mind and your, your voice and your delivery uh, all going. Do you, do you practice before you come in to, to work? I mean, I, I talk to my kids. Oh, so okay. I'm, okay. I'm pretty, pretty. When, so when you're driving in from prompt, do you look in the in the mirror at the odd time and start uh, doing your delivery just to make sure you're ready for the insider show? Uh, no, no, I don't do that. I do. do you? Yeah, really. Down the two fifteen, I, I always make sure there's plenty of space ahead of me. Well, that's good. Yeah, uh, plenty of space ahead of me. You can't distract yourself. No, no. Uh, so the try three, as you next, might. the next three games, yeah. as I try to get back to what I was was talking about. <laughs> Are the next three games, even though they're at home at T-Mobile, where the Golden Knights are seven and two in the last nine, mm-hmm. are those next three games more difficult than the four-game road trip? If, and, and where, where I'm setting that up is, if, if if the Golden Knights can get through two of the next three. Mm-hmm. I I always I'm hesitant to say if they can win all three games that that's unless it's a back to back kind of scenario yeah I, I don't like going there but two of the next three you're in great shape going on that road trip because Dallas and Minnesota are top teams right now Chapman did you have your hand up no no just stretch <laughs> That's funny. You were going to call on him. I know. I yeah. was. Yeah, that's, is, our, is, that's, a, that's like I our thought thing. he was leaning in to say something. No, no, no. I, no, I, I was reaching to grab my iPad, and I put it on the other what side are you, of it. What are you doing with your iPad? Well, I was going to watch some hockey, but they got the game on that I that I wanted to watch. Are you supposed to be listening <laughs> to the show? I, I can multitask. No, you can't. Yes, because, no, because I, you can't. I can tell you that I practice not so much on the road, but... Like if I if I know I'm doing a radio spot or I'm going on the air with someone, I I kind of run through in my head what I want to say. Yeah, and I'll, I'll practice it. I don't talk to my kid either because my kid will zone me out and he'll start talking about video games. But I talk to myself, which is probably worse. But uh, let's yeah. let's just go back two seconds. Okay, you were going to dial something up on your iPad while you're supposed to be. No, I wasn't dialing show. up. I was I grabbed it to move it to the other side because I have to check our computer for something. Because you were going to watch a game. No, no. The game is on television, so I'm okay. You're peeved. Well, he's supposed to be focused on the show. I am focused. I can multitask. It's not catching up with Chapman yet. Come on. Right. And it is a oh, critical stretcher. We have an update on yesterday's catching up with Chapman coming up later in the show. The idea uh, from the KHL where you pull your goaltender in mm-hmm. overtime for the four-on-three. And we have an explanation why we haven't seen that in the National Hockey League. That's coming up in just a little bit. But but do you – I think the next three are mm-hmm. more difficult than the road trip. I agree with you. I do. Like Dallas, Minnesota, those are really tough games. Uh, now, for the Golden Knights, they have a win over Dallas. They have a win over Minnesota already this year. And this that was with a depleted lineup, not the same lineup. The Golden Knights are going to go into those two games hopefully, with uh, tomorrow and then on Sunday. So I I still look at kind of all three of these as games. If the Golden Knights play to their capabilities, they can win. Uh, But I I think, you know, generally speaking, you get two of the next three or some combination of four points in those next three games. That's a a good positive outcome of this homestand going into a four-game road trip. And three of the four teams that they play next week, are non-playoff teams yeah. as we speak right now. Boston can get in there. They're knocking on the door. A uh, couple of points out, four out uh, behind the Detroit Red Wings and the Pittsburgh Penguins. But Jersey sliding, going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. They've just got two wins in their last 10. I know that because I was going to speak to a New Jersey Devil for the Chirp this weekend. 
hmm, got the note back that maybe we'll do it when they're when they're going a little when bit better. Winning, yeah. winning some games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said, I, I don't mind talking, you guys. And they said, no, no, we'd like to wait until <laughs> uh, until we're going uh, a little bit better. Uh, then you've got the the New York Islanders who have fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Montreal people will look at and say, how does a team go from the Stanley Cup final to where Montreal is right now? Mm-hmm. And you, there's explanations for it, but it's still to to go from second in the National Hockey League all the way down to 31st, even with yeah. everything that's happened, even with the injuries, even though we knew that they played way over their heads last year, sure, yeah, still significant. Mm-hmm. Well, the New York Islanders back to back third round appearances, and the New York Islanders right now are 29th in the NHL. Yeah, it's it's tough on it's tough for the Islanders right now. They're five, ten, and five for fifteen points in twenty games. They're oh seven and three in their last ten. Yeah. Um thirteen game road trip to start the year. Certainly didn't do them any favors. But they got and through it. They did get through it uh with five wins and they have a game uh, like basically a game below modern yeah, five hundred. Ga- game below five hundred, but you know, then they get home and COVID, right? Like COVID hits the Islanders and it's just a team right now that's in disarray. Now, it's not to say, and we've seen this with the Islanders before, like there have been stretches in the regular season over the last two years where they have looked pedestrian at best. And then they tend to go on a bit of a run and not so much a winning streak, but a point streak where they'll grab points in 20 of 25 games or whatever the case may be. I don't know that it's time to, to really write them off just yet. They could get hot. They could find ways. Uh, but right now it's it's just a team that's that's going through a lot of turmoil and they haven't figured it out yet. This is where the Vegas Golden Knights are in my mind. 2 weeks ago, I look at this road trip, Boston, Jersey, Rangers, Islanders. Mm-hmm. And I say a split is gold. Sure. And that's with three teams not in in a playoff position. Mm-hmm. But a, a, a split that's like going 4-0. With that, with that roster. Yeah. Now, with what we've witnessed over the last couple of games and the bodies and the talent that are back and who's playing in, in their right spots, three of four minimum, mm-hmm. and I, I leave the door open for a sweep. So I'm not going sweep, but I'll say six or seven points. I'll leave the door right? open. Like, I look at this one, and, you know, that, that Ranger game, I think, is going to be a tough one for sure. I you just... There's a lot of ancillary storylines yeah. to go through in, in that Ranger game. First but game against Gerard Gallant. First, first game against Gerard Gallant. It's on the, the second half of a back-to-back. Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves. There's there's a lot of just different things uh, surrounding that game. Not to say that I don't think the Golden Knights can win it. I, I think they do. Uh, you throw a little bit of extra motivation and storylines in oh, yeah, the mix. Motor, there's, mot- yeah. there's motivation on, the, on that, on that sure. side. For sure. So... For me, like I look at this as would I be shocked or surprised if the Golden Knights ran the table on the road? No, not particularly, and I'll tell you why. I'm encouraged by their process. I'm encouraged by the way that they have played over the last two games, and I feel like when you have the players in the spots that they need to be in for the Vegas Golden Knights and you have the detail in your game, uh, this team is hard to beat most nights. They were hard to beat even when... You know, they they were going through flux and turmoil with their lineup, mo- mainly because Pete DeBoer came through with a way to get that team to scratch and claw and win. So 
I look at this one and I say, you know what? The next three games at home, I'm looking for four out of the six points. I'm looking for two of three. On this road trip, I'm looking for three of four. I'm not looking at 500. I don't think that's the barometer anymore for this team. I think they're past that. Uh, Boston's 21st in the National Hockey League with a home record. New York Rangers are right up there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the Boston Bruins uh, have not played. Well, they're three games over 500 at home, but uh, they're, they're vulnerable. And we have also have the New York Islanders, and this is the big one. Have never won at home. So ridiculous. New it's York Islanders. Legitimately ridiculous. New York Islanders, right now, as I speak, have never won at home. The way they're playing their games right now at oh, the USB Arena at oh Belmont four, Park. Oh, 04 and 2, just two points on home ice. And that was supposed to be the great equalizer, right? Like that was the saving grace after a 13 game road trip is that you have a brand new barn. You've got a place that's built for hockey. You're going to go home. You're going to have all that energy getting to play in that building. And it has just been a disaster. No, no, no. It's worse than that. Train wreck. What do you, what, what, what do you want to say? It took them out of the playoff race. It did. Yeah, okay. It, it, it They were a game below modern 500 off of a 13-game road trip. Yeah. And, yeah. and they go home, and they're supposed to make it. And I, I was the one that said that 14th game mm-hmm. was still a road game because sure. they'd never played there before. So knock one off. So knock one off. Yeah. They're still winless in their five ga- other games in that rank. Are you worried about the Islanders? I, I think they're done. Really? Right now? I think you they don't, you are. You think they've done. got a stretch in them? No, nothing. And, and I, I caution people to have faith after the first couple of games at home because I think thought it would take some some time to get comfortable there, but they would figure it out. Mm-hmm. Comfortable, three games. Mm-hmm. But also, other teams are so happy to be going to USB Arena at Belmont Park. Because they don't have to go to the dump and then Nassau Coliseum. Now the dump, <laughs> the dump had its had its charm. allure, yeah. charm, yeah. Because uh, from people from Long Island and the New York Islanders, they had a great uh, facility for the home team. But it was like it'd been around. It was the oldest rink in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when you're going to all these world class facilities as a visiting team, and then you roll in there, Mike Rupp told me a couple of days ago. So it was the only place that he ever played in where he felt he wasn't in the National Hockey League when he went in as a visitor. Yeah. Because it was just old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the facilities were old and they weren't fixing everything up for the visiting team. The, the, <laughs> the home, the Islanders had a good setup. And then they had the practice facility, but they weren't fixing things up for the, for the, the visiting team. You go in there. Now teams are, and this is what they're dealing with. Teams are so excited to not be going to Nassau and play in a world-class rank that they're outplaying the home. They're, they're more excited to play at USB Arena than the Islanders are. Yes, Chapman. Here's a fun fact. Golden Knights, they have played the Islanders on the road three times. Mm-hmm. Only one of those games was at the aforementioned dump. Overtime loss for the Golden Knights in that one. Two games at the Barclays Center, and uh, they got two points out of those two games. So uh, not too bad against the Islanders on the road, but only one of those three games was in the dump. 
Should I apologize for calling it a dump? No. 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 I've been there. It'll be disingenuous yeah. if you do. I, I'm with you. It's a dump. Like Joe Louis Arena, I found charming in a way. You didn't find Nassau charming? No. There was no charm in that place. Really? And this was and, and I was there like 15, 20 years ago, and there was no charm. <laughs> it was old and outdated then. Yeah. I found Joe Louis had its tentacles where I could I could buy in. That's good. Even good with e- even with the stale smell <laughs> of beer, like there it was. It had and seeped, octopi, yeah, and octopi. Yep. You walked into Joe Louis Arena, and one stale beer. It sure. it had seeped into that concrete. Yeah. But you you knew where you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I Little Caesars Arena? All day long. <laughs> but I could buy into to some of the charm. I Nassau Coliseum, I like the Islanders tried to move out you, earlier. Why are you why are you justifying it? You're good. You have your opinion. It's fine. They tried to leave twice. Yeah. Like no, you're not saying anything that is a surprise to anybody. And now they finally get out. Yeah. They finally get out and get the perfect home. They've never won at home. You know what I think it is? Ghosts? Yep. Yeah, they're pissed off. Yep. The ghosts of Nassau Coliseum. Start writing a book, Darren. Now, how how many... And we got to take a break in a couple of seconds, but... How many games do you go without a win at USB Arena before you start thinking to yourself, should we just play a one-off over at Nassau? <laughs> Just to just to get a win. Four should, more. Should we, should we, really? Yeah, they're they're oh and essentially zero and six. They're oh four and two right now. So I would say if you are winless in ten games in the brand new facility, then yeah, I, I would I would just kind of throw Nassau onto the schedule and see if uh, anybody argues with you. Given the fact that it's a dump, they probably will. But <sighs> yeah, yeah, I, I can't. I, I don't think you can go. Winless in ten in the brand new barn. I, I just don't think you can do it. They lost to Chicago the other day in a shootout, so they they got close there. Next up, Nashville, and then New Jersey. I think they win that one. Which one, New Jersey? Yeah, New Jersey's not playing well. Boston, and then the VGK. Do the New York Islanders win a game at home before the Golden Knights roll in there? Yeah, they're going to beat New Jersey on Saturday. Would would Vegas be the tenth game? Yes. Oh come on! Now I'm now I'm rooting for chaos. <laughs> I don't want the Islanders to win until Vegas gets there. Let's go. New Jersey, not going in a good spot. Ooh, that's got that's got thirteen round shootout written all over it, <laughs> where seven of the attempts missed the net. Well, if you watch the Devils in the shootout last night, it may not they may not score through thirteen rounds. That's what I mean. Yeah. Give Jack some time. He'll be fine. Yeah, that's uh and, and New Jersey's actually not sitting too bad. I don't uh, five hundred hockey club. Yeah, I don't I don't mind where they are. But Boston, New Jersey, Islanders, three of the four games that the Golden Knights play next week on the road trip, outside of the playoff position. And then you get into the New York Rangers, who are off to a surprising start. Get through these next three with two wins 
and you are primed mm-hmm. for something special leading up to uh, to the holidays with nine games in the next 16 days. Uh, you better get your rest because it's going to be a busy stretch starting tomorrow night. Oh, I know. I'm ready. Eat your Wheaties or your oatmeal. Flutie Flakes. Flutie Flakes. Ah, I missed those. Yeah. I had a box of those. Uh, When we continue, Derek Anglin is going to join us, uh, analyst on the television side, also a regular contributor to the VGK Insider Show and the pregame show for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, What has he seen in this uh, flip, uh, the switch that's been flipped for the Vegas Golden Knights? It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Oh, a little George Strait. Got to get the lowdown on the big show that Ryan Wallace went to the other day. Heard he watched it from Hyde. Up in the Hyde Lounge. Amarillo by morning. It's a great show. Hey, I, I, st- I hit the post there. I let George do his thing, and then you stepped all over the vocals. Mm-hmm. little DJ history for me. There. What was your name again? Brad Johnson. Yeah, That's me. There it is. Uh, we've got the uh, chance to qualify for the Insider's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Hookup coming up in just a little bit. Also have some tickets to give away to Sunday's finale from the homestand against the Minnesota Wild. VGK against the Minnesota Wild at T-Mobile Arena. But right now, here's our good friend, Derek Anglin, joins us uh, on the VGK Insider Show. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Uh, Angle, what's happening? Hey, not too much yourself. Just trying to get through a rainy day. Uh, you've been here a while. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble with this, uh, the clouds and the, the humidity and, and what goes with it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, 3 o'clock. It's getting dark already. I know. It kind of uh, throws you off. Uh, only a couple more weeks of it, and then we get to winter solstice, and we'll, we'll turn it around. Like the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have, uh, things yep. looking much brighter uh, as of late. What did you see in Sunday's game against Calgary that made it look like, things are back to normal? Uh, just a more complete game. I thought that was their best uh, best overall game. Uh, defensively, their power play was clicking. Uh, they didn't give up a whole lot of uh, really big odd man rushes or big chances. And, uh, you know, I thought that was more like their defensive style they were playing uh, towards the end of last year. Now, like, when you look at a game like that against Calgary and, and now that you've got some guys back into the lineup that you depend on to, to be responsible, to be in the right spot at the right time, uh, do you do you view that game as kind of the start or a springboard for the, the Golden Knights to, to really dial in and hone in on that style of play? And would you expect that to be the norm from here on out? Yeah, you, you know, when when the, all the injuries happen, you guys you got the guys all playing up on the on the top line, and uh, he did a great job up there. But uh, with the guys coming back, he goes down onto the third line, and um, you know he gets the reward. He's playing against um, you know more favorable matchups for him, and he, he gets a couple points last game. So um, you know, it just shows the depth that they have when they are fully healthy, and um, what they'll be able to do, and uh, you know, rolling four lines and everyone contributing. I call it a clean game, certainly through the first 40 minutes uh, in that victory over the Calgary Flames. How would you describe what you saw from the back end especially? Yeah, like I, like I said earlier, um, just the, you know, the limited number of, you know, odd man rushes and, and grade A um, big scoring chances. You, you know, I think you look back, 6-5 game against Anaheim and, they're giving up 
grade A chances and teams can capitalize. Calgary's a team that can capitalize, but I thought they limited their uh, opportunities. You know, it's uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, big science with uh, Sutter coaching Calgary how the style of play he's got them playing and dialed in there, and you knew it was going to be uh, more of a defensive battle than maybe that uh, 6-5 game against Anaheim was. Did you ever play for Daryl? What was that? Sorry, cut out. Did you ever play for Daryl? No, I missed him. He was, uh, he was in Calgary when I signed there the juniors, but uh, I, I never really crossed paths with him or anything like that until, you know, meeting him around uh, and his, knowing his brothers and stuff with the Calgary's organization. So kind of, uh, you know, you meet him around. Um, a little bit here and there. You know, Derek, when you, you look at the effort against the Calgary Flames and, and you kind of look at the, the opponents coming up for the Golden Knights, Dallas, they're on an absolute heater right now, 9-1 and one of their last 10 games. You've also got Minnesota. Like, In terms of just you know the game plan for those teams specifically or, or for the Golden Knights, it, it, this is a team that when they play their style, when they get to their game, they're able to really impact how opposition kind of goes through and, and, and isn't able to advance up the ice, isn't able to get too much. Are, are you are you looking at the Dallas game in, in kind of the same way you, you were going into Calgary saying if the Golden Knights can get to their game, then they've got a great chance to come out of this one with two points? Yeah, for sure. Um, the, um, you know, you got to take that same same mentality going into Dallas, Minnesota, even, even the Philly game. I know Philly's not... Uh, um, at their best right now, but uh, the team that they got, uh, they could easily throw up five or six goals uh, in a night if uh, if they want to. So they, they got to play. You know, I think they got to really uh, take that game against Calgary and 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 take that mold of uh, the game plan and and stick with that. That's you know that's that defensive style that uh, you know Vegas they can they can score goals. That's no secret. They uh, you know are one of one of the top teams at that over the last few years. So, um, but if they can, uh, you know, limit the numbers of goals and and grade A opportunities, they're going to have a great chance of winning every night. Derek Engeland, a VGK television analyst, uh, joins us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, Patcheretti, would you stand in front of the net if he's shooting? Yeah, hundred percent. I would uh, because if it hits me and goes in, I get the goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I'm watching Mark Stone out there, and I know Pacioretty's told him, D- "Don't worry, I'm not going to hit you." But I still watch and see how wickedly hard that thing is. It's it's fast, it's heavy, it's hard. All those uh, little descriptions uh, for it, and and it just strikes me as even if I'm on his team, it uh, it makes me scared. Yeah, it's a it's a heavy shot. It's like a. You know, I've got hit with the, in, in, in the knee with uh, Tarasenko, and I would put those guys in similar categories. They're just heavy, hard, more heavy than hard. Like just it, it hurts when it hits you. So, um, you know, I think they they've got the chemistry down where Stoney knows where he's shooting and gets out of the way just in perfect timing. He's kind of mastered that. Uh, you know, as soon as he's releasing it, he's moving out of the way, and it's you know you've seen it the other night that. Uh, just squeaks by Stony and top shelf. So, you know, with the with the inclusion of Patcheretti back into the lineup, the Golden Knights' power play has has certainly looked better. What have you liked of late from the Golden Knights? Just in the looks that they're getting, in the movement they're getting in zone on the power play. 
Yeah, I think with uh, with Patch back, you know, he's a he's a shoot first type guy, so he's getting he's creating that habit. He's shooting the puck. He's what he's got twenty shots in the last two games or something crazy like that. Uh, you know, he's going to shoot the puck every chance he gets, and and uh, you know, as a penalty killing defenseman, that's when it's the hardest to defend because if you don't block it. It hits your goal, you don't know where it's going. So it's, it, you got to turn, you got to find the puck, and that's when uh, you know you, you create those seams and and by shooting the puck, you know uh, the defensemen tighten up a little bit, or or maybe they stretch out towards Patch a little bit more, and then that creates the seams where Patch and Stoney and those guys are going to find and uh, you know get it to the guy across the ice. I, I'm just bewildered by the idea of, of screening the goaltender with him having the puck on his stick. How, how do guys know which way to go when when Pacioretty's shooting? Like We've seen Stone seem to dance to the right side one line and, and Pacioretty shoots short side or he, he dances to the other side and it goes far side. How, is it instinct for Stone? There's no, there's no signals out there. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's the hockey smarts that I never got. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, you know. I guess it's a, for me. It would be a guessing game where right. he's shooting, but uh, Stoney's uh, hockey IQ is uh, probably a little bit higher than mine was. So maybe he knows where it's going, or he can read the patch of shooting by now. But uh, for me, it'd be just a guessing game. You know, there's there's always been guys that that shoot way too much, and you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. And, and uh, I had a couple of buddies that but back in the day uh, who would just like, why, why are you shooting from there? What, what do you do? Patch Reddy's totally different. You, you, he can almost score from anywhere in the offensive zone with that shot. He's, he's one of the best, uh, best in the league right now. You, you look at the stats over the last, God, uh, you could go back 10 years and he's going to be, you know, I don't know for sure what the number is, but he's got a just off the top of my head. He, I would say he's probably the top five goal scorers in the league in the last ten years. You know, he's always he's always he scores from, like you said from everywhere. Yeah. He shoots. Uh, he's got that heavy shot, and you know, he's he's one of the best uh, best goal scorers in the game right now. You know, Derek, you played with with Shea Theodore early on in his Golden Knights career, and when when you guys played together, Shea played on the left side. He's been playing on the left side now with Zach Whitecloud for a couple of games, and it seems like there's there's been a little bit more offense uh, finding Shea Theodore in these moments. Like, is there an inherent difference for Shea from the right to the left, and and what are you seeing out of the pairing of of Theodore and Whitecloud right now? Yeah, I like the pairing. It's um, you know, Whitey's uh, improved his game uh, tremendously every year. He comes in, he's better, and um, I think as a, being on your strong side for me, it was it was nice coming out of your zone because you have more options. Um, you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't as skilled as Theo is, so um, having more options uh, made it easier for me. Um, but some guys like being on their backhand. So, um, but for me, I think there's more options. You're you you cross ice straight up the post. You know, coming out of your zone, and, and that's huge because if he if he has if he has numerous options, he's going to find the best one. He's that good. Um, he sees the ice so well. So, I think it just gives a maybe takes a a second off the decision that you're making. You know, instead of just chipping it off the glass. Now, if you don't see anything. Um, 
you have that extra option or two um, being on your forehand on your strong side. I still tremble when I see guys making the backhand pass and cross in front of the net coming out uh, come out of their zone. Uh, hey, uh, this has been fun. We'll see you. Uh, when are we working? Friday night uh, against Friday, uh, Friday night. I'll be there. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll bring the coffee. You bring all the food. Sounds perfect. Okay. Good. Uh, awesome. That's that's a good relationship that we have. He 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 spends all the money. Thanks, Angle. We're we're tight like that. No problem. <laughs> Derek Anglin, a VGK television analyst, former Vegas Golden Knights defenseman, on the VGK Insider Show. We'll get you caught up in action, uh, early action that's uh, started, plus uh, one timers, and we'll get back into the Vegas Golden Knights uh, update from today's practice, which uh, had an omission, and one of the players that we just talked about was not on the ice today. Uh, it's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the legal minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Let's get at it. Uh, our good friends, uh, Sam and Ash from SamandAshLaw.com uh, with us today. Uh, Ashley uh, joins us uh, on the telephone, and uh, I want to get into the Formula One because you and I, we, we're, we're cheering for different drivers uh, on the Formula One uh, circuit with one more race to go, and there was some controversy on the weekend, so you and I are going to dive into this in just a <laughs> second. But uh, uh, on the on the legal side of it, there's, there's more fallout from the Chicago Blackhawks and the uh, Kyle Beach lawsuit, and the Chicago Blackhawks have filed a motion, Ash, uh, to dismiss the lawsuit uh, against the organization, uh, which is seeking uh, damages because the team's failure to act when Beach was uh, reported be reportedly a victim of sexual assault back in 2010. Now they're they're filing this uh, this claim to dismiss the lawsuit because uh, there's the statute of limitations, or you have to you have to file these motions within two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, is because of a, a personal injury, does does the personal injury? I think a personal injury. If you fall down uh, on ice or you get hit in a in a car accident, uh, this is this is different. So just take me through this. Well, yeah. So it, it this is actually very normal when you file a lawsuit. The defense here, the Chicago Blackhawks, they have to assert all of their defenses right now. And and one of the easy ones that every defendant looks to raise is the statute of limitations, meaning the plaintiff did not bring their lawsuit in enough time. You know, they have a sort a certain window of time that they have to file their lawsuit, and here they didn't do it, so they're out of luck. Um, that's very true. If you've been injured by someone else, um, whether it's a car accident, a dog bite, so a negligent dog owner, uh, slip and fall, uh, going after a property owner, things like that, you have a specific timeline of when you have to bring that lawsuit, and it changes depending on the particular venue. The, u- the unique thing about sexual assault cases is a lot of different jurisdictions are trying to grapple with it differently, whether it's a, it's a child that's at the, at the receiving end of the sexual assault, if it's um, a delayed memory issue, which is going on here. So jurisdictions are, are handling it differently. Has there, like, why is, why is it just two years though, in terms of statute of limitations? Because it just, that just seems like a really, really quick timeline. So it used to be one year, a fun fact. But uh, really? the reason it's two years is because generally when you've had a dog bite, a car accident, and things like that, you're aware of it, you know, and two years gives you enough time to understand the nuances of what your, your damages are. What are your injuries? What are your financial losses, et cetera, from this accident, this injury claim? And so what it really has to do with is 
making people allow, like allow defendants or property owners to manage risk. You know, if you get into a car accident and you caused it, you want to know that after two years from that car accident, there's nothing that's going to surface later down the road. If that makes sense, you need to be able to like go to sleep comfortably at night. So that's the whole point of the statute of limitations. It cuts off someone's ability to present a claim 10 years from now when they really knew they had the lawsuit within one to two years. So where would you like, if you had to, to put a timeline in there on the statute of limitations, what would you be giving us the ultimate number? You know, I'd probably do, two is actually relatively it reasonable. Um, I would maybe considering all the nuances with COVID, uh, push it back to three because COVID has backed up our court system significantly. So giving uh, attorneys and insurance companies enough time to negotiate without being forced into a court system that's not doing much anyways uh, would be nice. But I think two is plenty is plenty of time for most people. You know, it, just kind of in terms of... of this being a case of sexual assault, like, do you think that that should be maybe branched off into its own statute of limitations, like not lumping it mm -hmm. under the the blanket category of personal injury and just having it kind of live on its own with its own statute of limitations? Yeah. So, you know, that's a great question. One of the things that uh, Beach is arguing is that there's a, a discovery. So the, the statute clock starts beginning when you know of your injury. And so what a lot of scientists or not scientists, like researchers and doctors and psychologists are coming out and saying is that you actually have like humans have the ability to suppress these memories and they don't let you contemplate it and really, really fully understand or grasp what has happened to you as a protection mechanism. And so what what attorneys are now arguing is that is a delayed discovery. So under that rule, he didn't really understand that he was sexually assaulted until less than two years ago. So it's a fact-sensitive inquiry, and yeah, I think these sexual assault cases are nuanced, and they should be handled accordingly. What do you expect happens in this case? I expect that the judge will not throw out the lawsuit yeah. based on this right away. The team will meet with him, with uh, Kyle Beach and his lawyers, and they will try and reach a settlement. Uh, I'm dealing with this right now on a big case, and judges don't like dismissing cases over these statute of limitations. So you can do what we call is bifurcate the issues. You can try a little mini trial on whether or not filed your case in time. And then if you succeed, you get to now go to the injury and liability and fault and all of that stuff. So I don't think a judge is going to throw this out. Uh, it's fascinating. Statute of limitations is, is one of those phrases where we, we've, we hear in everyday conversation, we really don't know uh, mm -hmm. the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, now let's get into the, the Formula One racing. Uh, all right. <laughs> are, are, are you really sour that, uh, that your buddy Max uh, kind of came up uh, on the back end of that with, uh, with uh, Lewis Hamilton? Yeah, you know, I, I am a little sour. I think there was some difficult decisions being made uh, between the, the teams and the Michael Massey, whoever runs the, yeah. the races. And I thought it was kind of, I didn't like it. I didn't like the outcome. I think that uh, Max tried to give up a position when he really didn't need to. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the result, but you know what? I'm a fan of what it created because now Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are all tied up going into the last race, and I don't think anyone could have could have predicted this or planned for it any better. Uh, that, that side deal between the two teams uh, was fascinating mid-race. 
Yeah, I know. It was really fascinating. And, and then there's so much strategy yeah. on when to give the position back because on certain right. parts of the track, you can simply overtake right away. So fascinating. Uh, that, was a, that was a cool race. I, I've never been able to recognize the context of how fast they're going until that race the other day. I don't know whether it was the track or the night racing, but but it just felt like they were uh, zipping around. You could see it. Uh, have fun. Enjoy uh, the race. This uh, Is it this weekend that the final race is coming up? Yeah, it is. All right, all right. Uh, let's uh, plan our DVRs because I don't get up that early. Oh, and I have to mention one thing. We yes. are our law firm is giving away VGK tickets, so go to our socials at Sam and Ash Law, and you might be able to enter to win tickets to a VGK game. I'm going there right now. <laughs> all right, do it. Let's, uh, yeah. let's do it. SamandAshLaw.com. Sam and Ash yeah. uh, with us uh, every week for the Legal Minute. Uh, enjoy the race this weekend, and thanks for your expertise tonight. It's, it's that statute of limitations. It's why you have to phone right away uh, and get in yeah. touch with Sam and Ash because you don't want to leave a second uh, on the sidelines. So uh, thanks for the insight, Joe. You're the best. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. com. Uh, the Legal Minute, because you deserve what's right. They're real people because they could talk racing with us, mm-hmm. they could talk hockey with us, yeah. or they can give you legal advice as we go. Uh, hour number two is coming up. Uh, the insiders will deal with one-timers, and there's some cool things happening in the National Hockey League. And did the Vancouver Canucks bungle the change between the manager and the coach this week? It's the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.